and willingness to experiment and just keep keep experimenting and you know that and just accept the fact that you know 90 percent of what you do is going to be terrible but then 10 percent is going to be great <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 114 of Art Juice. This is honest, generous, and hopefully humorous conversations to feed your creative soul and get you thinking. With me, Louise Fletcher, and today I have a special guest. Alice has the week off, and I am joined by Louis Noble. If you don't know Lewis, he is a contemporary painter and ceramicist. He lives in Derbyshire, which is just a few hours south of where I am. And he's been a professional artist for probably approaching 20 years now, and he has exhibited widely. He also, in uh, the world we used to live in, he was a frequent teacher of workshops around the country. And he's now about to leap into online teaching for the first time, which we will talk about. So hi, Lewis, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me on. So nice to see you again. Yeah, um, you too. As I told you, we always start the podcast with what we've been working on this week. So um, tell us what you've been working on. Well, like you were saying in your, your intro there, I've um, been doing quite a lot of uh, work on my online workshop recently. I'm just sort of putting the finishing touches to it at the moment. So it's been taking up uh, most of my time for the last few weeks, but uh, it's really getting there. So I'm looking forward to cracking on with it. I've got um, plenty of people signed up to it. So uh, yeah, it should be good. It's so much work, isn't it? It's so much more work than you think it's going to be. Well, I thought it'd be quite a lot of work. But I think what's happened is as I've you know, got more into doing it, um, it got to a point, the more I was doing, the more I realised I needed to do. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, but it's uh, like anything that you do for the first time. It's, uh, it's a learning curve, isn't it? But, um, you know, because I always knew the content was there. It's, it's how to deliver it in the best way for people to get the most out of it over a different medium because normally people ask me questions and I can just throw them straight back at them when they're standing in front of me so it's kind of trying to think of everything in advance in a way almost to try and answer as many people's questions as possible yeah um, you know through the uh, through the videos and things that they're getting on the workshop I think it's quite an exciting idea that we'll talk about the way you work and that the topic mm. of our conversation is abstracting the landscape and I was thinking about this that I've been on workshops where we're working out in the landscape and then we come back into wherever we are and we work on pieces. And sometimes my frustration is either, you know, it's been a terribly rainy, horrible day that we've been there, or I don't really like this landscape that yeah. we're in as much as the one that surrounds <laughs> me. And I love the idea that people can go to whatever landscape, wherever they are and, and use your techniques. I presume you could even use this on urban landscapes. This doesn't have to be done in no, nature. No, definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, as you say, it's, it, it is, it is quite an interesting idea. And actually I was looking at it and I was thinking, you know, trying to recreate the physical workshops that I do. But actually as it's gone on, I've, I've realized it's actually quite a different it's a different thing it's a quite a different experience but and I think some of the, the the demos that I'm doing although they're quite similar to the ones that I do in the physical workshops they're probably better <laughs> because yeah. they're more they're more targeted they go on for longer and they're 
um they're not quite so much of me winging it and rambling on like i do when there's people standing in front in front of me they're a bit more they're a bit more concise and and uh and on point so um yeah that's quite good and what you're saying about you know people being able to do do it whenever yeah they've got more time because normally they only have three days on a workshop with me yeah so you know we go out for a couple of mornings do some painting as you say might be chucking it with rain and, yeah. you know it might be really difficult but you know because this goes on for three weeks you know, people can just work at a bit more of their own pace. Yeah, and, I, I, and, I and pick where they want to go. It, it's, and I did, yeah, go on. Online learning just offers so many more options. I think, and I know we miss the social aspect of having a cup of tea together at break and whatever. But you've got your own space, you've got your own stuff. You can really dive into it in a different way. I think. Yeah, and I think some people are actually when I have them on the the, the workshops I do, they they can be a bit intimidated by the people around them sometimes, um, you know, because people come to a workshop and they're not always at the same level. You know, some people might be more beginners than others, and you know, you do get this like uh, performance anxiety thing that goes on with people that they're looking yeah. at other people's work and worrying about what they're doing. But I guess when you're it's online, you know, you can keep it to yourself until you're ready to share something you feel a little bit less uh, so inhibited about, about what you're doing yeah and it was actually what you were saying about the the urban landscape as well as I as I started filming because I've, I've, I've done quite a filming a lot of filming out in the Peak District and I was talking about how to you know gather information while you're outside but I was looking at thinking well hang on a minute not everybody can get out to the Peak District <laughs> not everybody lives in you know uh they're, they're lucky enough to like live in a really beautiful place you know because i feel very fortunate where i live yeah and get out you know even at the moment i can still get out into the landscape just by walking um so that's really easy so i did a whole second section of gathering information around the town i just went for a walk around the town and i was down the back of the old hospital and <laughs> just went and went to the park yeah. so you know it's yeah, but you can always find you can always find something to paint from. But I thought, you know, I was thinking about that. It's quite uh, you got to be a bit careful that you don't you know want to alienate people if they don't live somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't live somewhere <laughs> really nice. Oh, I've got to. Oh, I'm going to have to move to the Peak District until I do before I do this workshop. That doesn't seem uh, seems a bit counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, especially if you live in Australia now, quite a long move, big move. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, exactly. And that's yeah, the other yeah. thing, of course, you can get. I know when I first found you a few years ago, you were doing workshops, uh, I think at that time only in Derbyshire, maybe not, but I found your workshops, you were doing them in Derbyshire. And it's, Mostly, not, yeah. it's not massive distance for me, but it's just far enough that I'd have to stay over rather than, than be able to come back and forth. And I, I remember planning it and then for some reason I didn't book, but I thought, oh, you know, it's expensive by the time I've booked the hotel, done all this, and I could make mm, it there. Mm. But if I was in America and I'm looking mm. at your work and I really want to learn what you do, now I can. So I, I just love online learning. I think you're going to really love teaching it too. It's different, but it's fun. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you know, before I, I decided to do the, the online course, you know, I'd had quite a lot of people from America, Australia, Canada, um, asking if i'd ever come over there and do one and you know, it's, you know and although the idea sounds quite nice the logistics is just <laughs> it's yeah. just a bit of a nightmare you know you feel feel like you'd have to go have to go for weeks and do several in a row to make it really worthwhile 
Yeah. Um, and it's still you're going to have lots of people who can't come because, you know, America's a big place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, just because you're in America, it doesn't mean if you live in California, you're going to be able to come to a workshop in... Um, yeah, Idaho. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where was it? Yeah. Florida or something, yeah. But, oh, it's um, it's really so, yeah, it's really good. That, you know, and I've, I think I think over half the people who've signed up so far are in um, either America, Canada or Australia. So Yeah. Um, so it's you know interesting yeah it's going to be really interesting yeah well for everybody um we're, we're, i was going to do this at the end but since we're talking about it now if you want to find out about this workshop you just need to go to lewis's website which is it's is lewisnoble.co.uk you just go to yeah there's a section on there it says just drop down workshops online workshops and you can follow the links through and I'll put a link in the notes for this show as well. So wherever you're listening, you'll be able to find the link. Um, so, yeah, I have had, um, I'm getting up to the ramp up for mine will be in the summer. So I'm not having to do any of that stuff yet. So I've actually had painting week this week. And nice. <laughs> um, with, uh, I mean, I say a painting week, you know what that's like, a, you know, three hours of painting, then five hours of admin and other things, but still I've had time to paint. And it's quite interesting given today's topic that it's the first time that I've painted a series of work which has nothing to do with the landscape at all. And it's, it's it, uh, really freeing, but also a bit scary because I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what this is about. So what happened was as people who listen to the podcast know, I was working in a sketchbook completely freely, just made, in fact, several sketchbooks, just what would I do if I didn't care if anyone saw it? What would I, what marks would I make? What tools would I try if I really didn't care? Because we say we don't care, but we still kind of have in our minds the fact people are going to see it. And out of that, a few things came up, including um, using pattern, but but putting pattern against really rough brush strokes and like making this clash between the two and using collage vintage papers, which I've been interested in for years because I love history and family history and 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 layering papers and so what's come out of it is these completely abstract quite small at the moment pieces because I don't know how to make this bigger it's going to be a struggle um but what I'm finding fascinating about the process is I absolutely love the paintings you know when you make those paintings that when you walk in you feel excited that you made them I think yeah. if I went to a gallery I would rush to that room and spend time in there I love them but I'm unsettled by them because I don't know what they are or why they're there or if anyone else is going to think they're, you know, even even anything. Like, are they all going to end up on a bonfire at some point? <laughs> and <laughs> so it's just interesting because normally, like you, I have a way to talk about my work and say, yeah, I, I paint abstract. I abstract from the landscape. Yes, it doesn't look like the landscape, but this is my process and this is what I'm feeling and this is what I'm trying to express. And uh, I don't have that now. So it's just, it's really interesting. I'm going to just see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you say, you, you know, you don't know what they're, you don't know what they're about. But I mean, you're already talking about things like family history and, and things like that, where you're talking about layering up and you start to dive into that sort of stuff about, you know, layering of, I mean, I could think about layering in terms of the generations, couldn't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so I know you're thinking visually, you know, maybe that doesn't come across visually, but I don't know if that really matters. And that sort of experimentation is really important. Yeah. Because it might it might come back round to something that has a, a visual connection. Yes. Um, 
because you know from where i'm coming from i don't have a lot of my imagination so i have to start, i have to start with something outside of me i can't i can't when i'm starting to work with something if it's if it's not come from something that i've seen or you know observed in some way then i don't know where to start and i think maybe, maybe you're having the same, <laughs> the same thing with that is i i yeah. have to i have to start something so i've got a connection with something so i can go back to the thing that I began with when I get lost because you always get lost yes um, yes well let's... So you got something that you can come back to to push you into the you know push you on again yeah yeah well let's um move on to our main topic because that brings us nicely into what we're going to talk about which is how you work So on to uh, the reason why we thought Lewis would make a fantastic guest for this topic is it's a question that we get asked about a lot. Both Alice and I, a lot of our work is related to landscape and is abstracted from landscape, but in a very different way than the question we often get from people, which is lots of people are not interested in starting purely from feeling. They want to start from what they see and they want, but they want to paint that in a more interesting way than just painting the tree I can see in front of me and and so we often get this question which we're fairly ill-qualified to answer which is how do I abstract from what I see and so we thought Lewis would be the perfect guest for this because he does this exceptionally well and also in, a, in his own really interesting fashion so um, if you wouldn't mind Lewis just for those who don't know you telling people how it is that you approach abstracting the landscape? Well, a lot of it comes from sort of having a kind of willingness to, to stop thinking about pictures. Because I think when a lot, you know, a lot of the time you know, people think of landscape and you kind of imagine it as a, as a painting. You can kind of, when you're, you're in a landscape, you sort of imagine it as a painting. Or, you know, if I'm, I'm here, this is very beautiful. I could, I could imagine this is a watercolor or a, uh, or an oil painting. And then you're kind of stuck with that um, idea in the back of your head about what this should look like as a painting. And so, you know, that's quite limiting. So it's trying to find ways of actually working that, that can get you out of that, that mindset. And it's almost like trying to get away from yourself and get away from those kind of preconceptions about what it should, like, should look like when it's finished. And allow the work to develop on its own and the way that I do that a lot of the time is through collage so to to find images through collage although my larger paintings don't tend to have any collage in them if they do it's more for texture and layering of, of you know it's, it's stuff that's underneath it doesn't necessarily you don't necessarily see it on the top but the smaller paintings I do when I'm kind of getting ideas so I use a lot of collage and that helps me break out of um, that kind of directly trying to paint everything because collage is great for um, just rearranging things and surprising yourself and reacting to what's happening on the paper rather than trying to impose everything on it in the first place. So, so what I do mostly is I go out and I use quite large pieces of paper, just ordinary cartridge paper. And I paint on that, but I'm not trying to make any kind of picture while I'm doing it. I'm not trying to do any 
anything that might be finished or you would think of as a as a you know finished piece of work in any way i'm just i just treat those paintings that i do outside as getting the kind of ingredients for for my work and then once i've done you know maybe 10 of those sort of large sort of a2 pieces of uh, acrylic usually acrylic on paper and pencil and all that kind of stuff just uh, whatever i can find to throw at it while i'm painting and then i'll take all that back to the studio and let it dry and then i'll just start tearing them up and cropping them and recomposing them collaging into them and and in that way i'm able to find these slightly less obvious and more unexpected compositions because i think it's quite hard to be creative i find it quite hard to be creative anyway when i'm outside and when i'm confronted with the landscape um there's always a big horizon line that you have to deal with and yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's always uh bugs crawling on you <laughs> or you're cold <laughs> it's, it's either in the summer you're either you're, you it's comfy but there's bugs everywhere and I get hay fever as well. So that drives me up the wall. And then uh, in the winter, there's you're freezing cold and your hands, you know, you've got nowhere to sit and your knees are aching because you're old. I used to be a Neil painting for hours on end. Oh, I, I can't yeah, you can't do <laughs> I usually try and find, because we have a lot of dry stone walls up in Derbyshire and I usually try and find a wall if I'm out so I can stand up because I quite like standing up when I'm painting. Don't like sitting. Oh. I don't like sitting. I don't mind kneeling because it's a bit like standing, but sitting, I can't sit painting because I find it too passive. Yeah. So I try and find a wall and prop everything up on that and paint. Well, no, you're really <laughs> old when you bring your little folding chair with you and put that there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who on mobility scooter, off-roading <laughs> mobility scooter. <laughs> Why is it important to you that element of painting outside because obviously you live in a beautiful area you can you can walk in that landscape all the time and be in it and it's in your head what is it that that going outside and painting brings to to the process well i think that what, what i generally feel about my the paintings is they're not really paintings of the landscape at all they're paintings about the experience of being in the landscape and so you have to kind of do that and I think that it comes across best for me when I'm outside painting directly because I put things in my paintings that I just wouldn't do if I was just working in the studio yeah um, like what like things just happen things just kind of happen like maybe a bird will fly through the you know across where I'm looking you yeah. can kind of follow follow the follow the uh the line you know the trajectory of a bird or something like that it's these unexpected things or a sound that you can react to on your paper um, the wind blowing in your face or something and all those sorts of um uh experiences that you have when you're outside that you can just react to straight away it's you can't really do that if you're standing in the studio yeah um, it's a bit um in, in some ways it's too comfortable <laughs> yeah and i find i fiddle around too much and it's like you know if i'm doing that i could think oh, i could do this in the studio but but i don't i don't do it when i'm in the studio i i um i do similar things but for some some they don't feel quite as authentic yeah. i'm more willing to leave things at maybe a messier stage 
trying to be too clever when I'm in the studio. But when I'm outside, it's kind of, uh, I just throw stuff down. And because I was outside when I did it, I feel, well, that's, that's good. That's, that's right. Even though it looks a bit of a mess, it's, it's right because I, I was doing it. I've reacted to something while I was outside. So it's got that kind of genuine. And then I've got that connection to it when I'm back in the studio. I really feel like I know what I'm, I'm trying to do because I've got this real connection with where I was at the time. Yeah, you know, it makes perfect sense. And uh, for those listening, if you haven't seen Lewis's uh, YouTube channel, he has a really good YouTube channel with lots of videos of him actually doing this outside. So you can see what he's talking about. And they are very loose. And they're beautiful. Messy, some might say. (laughs) Yeah, kind of beautiful mess. They really are quite beautiful. And it made me wonder when you get back, do you ever just say, oh, no, I can't tear that one up. That's perfect. And do do they ever get sold as they are or do they all get used for collage? Yeah, I don't ever, I would never take one of just, just one of the pieces and not do anything to it at all because they really are, you know, I really am I'm doing them with the purpose of, of collaging them. But I, I don't, uh, you know, so I'll crop it. I'll certainly crop something out of it. And it doesn't really, you know, I don't know what size, I don't have any sort of rules about how much of it I'll crop or how big it should be or anything like that. Um, and I also don't have any rules about whether I do the collage because I may do, you know, I may do one of the paintings and once I've cropped a piece out of it, I might decide, well, it's done. Yeah. Uh, you know, I only put collage in if I feel like it needs it. So I think that's always a, a good rule if, you know, if I have any rules, it's, you know, if I, if I do only do something, if it, if it, improves it don't do it for this you know don't do it for the sake of sake of it if i feel it's already there then i won't do anything to it and but, and so uh, yeah. if we can picture so if we can picture this process you're in your studio you're tearing bits up you start arranging them do you tear lots of bits up that just don't fit or do you always make things fit in the end what fit on the on the pay on the painting yeah so you've torn up your your, your painting is it? Do you ever just play around with the bits and then say, "No, this should fit anywhere," and then that? Yeah, I, I, I don't usually. Yeah, I don't usually um, tear them into pieces. What I do is I'll tear a large piece out of one painting and use that as a starting point. So, say you know I've got an A2 piece of paper, I might crop a piece which is you know twenty five centimeters or twenty centimeters out of the middle of it because usually the middle of it, whereas is where I do all the work. Right. So I'd crop a large piece out of the middle and I'll stick that down into my sketchbook usually. And then I'll decide whether these offcuts from that same painting or offcuts or tear, tears from other paintings that I've done at the same time, whether those will make a difference to this one that I've stuck in my book. Um, but I don't tend to use lots of little bits and try and make them fit together like a jigsaw. It's more, it's more adding adding to a, a larger piece to Makes just get sense, it to yeah. be a bit more interesting yeah and a lot that's another interesting thing from watching you on youtube <clears throat> a lot of these pieces that you do and a lot of this work that you're putting in goes into a sketchbook and alice and i had an episode about sketchbooks a couple of weeks ago we both mm. work in them quite a lot but one of the questions i get a lot is yeah but what are you going to do now you did something so nice and it's in a sketchbook um, does that bother you? Do you have this feeling of, oh, I've got so many great paintings in sketchbooks? Or talk talk a little bit about what sketchbooks mean to you. 
Well, I mean, I mean, I have different different uses for sketchbooks, really. I mean, I do have sketchbooks that I just draw straight into or paint straight into, and then that's just like a note, like making notes on. Uh, you know, that's a nice thing as well. But when I'm putting work into a large sketchbook, it's usually like an A3. I usually work on A2 bits of paper and then I crop them down to an A3. Um, because I feel that when you work it in a sketchbook, you kind of approach it slightly differently. It's more, it's, it's have this sort of more kind of creative, casual creative space that you're not trying to make a some finished masterpiece. And uh, I think you, you approach it slightly differently. But I'm perfectly willing, once I've got the work in the sketchbook, to go back through them and tear them out. Right. <laughs> tear them out. <laughs> and and sell uh, them. tidy them up and, and sell them. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem at all. But I still, think, I still think it helps to do them in the sketchbook in the first place because I think they're better because of it. Because I'm not trying to make these finished pieces of artwork. They're more likely to be good pieces of artwork yeah. you see what I mean it's kind yeah. of like the less you the less you try the better it is yeah <laughs> because Always. it has that because you're more prepared to to be creative and and have this kind of casual feeling towards it um and I just think they come out better you know if I was doing it on these really nice pieces of expensive watercolor paper or something then you, even though you know that can be nice but you just you don't know you just feel different while you're doing it and I think yeah. it comes across in it that that kind of creativity comes across in the work well that leads me on to uh, another question that I get asked a lot so I'm going to going to throw it to you do you ever so you've made something it's beautiful in the sketchbook and now you want to make a larger version of it do you ever do that and if so what's the process for that yeah I mean often what I'm using these uh, small paintings and sketchbook paintings and collages for is to, yeah, make work in its own right, but also to, um, you know, if I'm working towards a project or I'm wanting to do a larger piece or a series of larger pieces of work, they're to inform, to inform those. What I don't tend to do is try and scale up any individual sketch. Because I think then what happens is you get you run across the same issues as when you're uh, working outside. Is that you're trying to get everything in the right place? You know, you know, because when you're outside, you might say, "Well, there's a tree here," like you were saying, and there's a gate over there, and there's a um, that hill's just there, and it's this particular shape. So you're trying to get all those things right. And if I was to try and take a single sketch and scale that up. To a large painting you've got the same problem you know this mark has got to be just there in that corner and it has to be this size and this exact shape otherwise it's not going to work but those things happen quite spontaneously so it's more about recreating the process in the large paintings and the the general feel of the sketches rather yeah. than trying to scale any in, in individual one up and i'll do that by usually looking at a series of sketches rather than any one particular one so I might I might have been out for a session painting and got you know two or three or four little collages out of it but I'll use that whole that whole group of sketches to inform the larger pieces of work yeah that makes perfect sense yeah and so one of the questions that we also get and you must get this question all the time is I want to get looser with my abstract painting. And I feel like this collage process that you've developed is the 
perfect way to start looking at different designs and and ways of representing the landscape so i hope people will go and look at those videos and come and look at your website and look at the paintings because it it takes away that you know when i first started um abstract landscapes or semi-abstract landscapes or whatever i was calling them i always had a ground bit and a sky bit and they might not have looked very, they might be the wrong colors. They might not be landscape colors. They might not look exactly like the fields looked, but there was this bit and this bit, the sky and the ground. And what I love about yours is the sky and the ground are all together. Like we're experiencing all of it and the sky's in the ground and the ground's in the sky. And it's partly because of this collage process and partly because of the compositions that you create when you're not collaging. Um, can you just talk a little bit about that getting away from a horizon line when you're abstracting a landscape? Yeah, I mean, it is tricky, isn't it? It's like I was saying, when you're outside, it's hard. It's hard to get away from those things when you're outside. So yeah, the collage does have a big, a big part of it. But I also think it's about um, thinking about what's happening in front of you rather than just what looks like it's happening in front of you because yeah you know there's a, you say about there's a sky bit and a land bit and that is it's, it's hard it's hard not to do it really is hard not to do that and i've battled with that <laughs> i've yeah. battled with it over the years because you think how do i deal with that transition between what i can see as the sky and what as i see as the land but when you when you start thinking about what's really happening, say you're standing in front of a big hill, then there isn't really a place where the sky starts because you're in the sky. You know, you're, you're standing in the sky and there's air between you and the, and the hill and that is the sky. So you can paint that, you can put that in the painting. And it's, I think it's things like, like that where you're just shifting your way of thinking a lot of the time and rather than you know what I was saying before about trying to imagine something and how it's going to look like as a painting and rather than thinking what it should look like as a painting just start thinking about what um what is really happening and when you start thinking that there's there's air in right in front of your face then there's no reason why you can't put that there so you know if there's a, a painting of mine that's got you know what is a sky color right and slap in the middle of what you think of as the land bit well it is really there there is sky <laughs> there is sky right in the middle of right in front of your face so why not try and represent that in some way and so it's about it's about shifting your your brain unfortunately and it's quite hard to shift those those um you know ingrained ideas of what things should look like as a painting and what you think they look like and start thinking about what's really happening because I know you don't want to get too deep about what is real. What's the nature of reality? <laughs> what is the nature of what you're like? What is it? But but it is a bit like that, you know. It's just a bit like that. You know, stop thinking about what paintings are supposed to look like and start thinking about how you can represent what's actually going on in front of you. When you're teaching, it, obviously you've had years of experience of teaching in person. What would tell us about kind of the most common? Is that one of the most common blocks that people have? And are there others? What are the most common questions and issues that come up with people? Yeah, it is it is pretty common. You know, that people say I want to loosen up. They say I want to loosen up, but then you have to kind of think about what does that mean? 
you know, I'm, I'm never quite sure, never quite sure what it means. You kind of, it's one of those things that you know it when you see it. Yeah. You know, you know what loosen, loosening up means when you see it, but you, it's hard to describe, isn't it? And uh, I think a lot of the time it's about trying to be, uh, you know, accepting of the, the paint surface and uh, the gestures, the, the marks, the rhythms and all that kind of thing that go into a painting and worry less about the final image early on. And that's what I try and tell people when they're on my workshops is to not not worry about don't you know don't spend so much time thinking about the final pro the product the final image and spend more time thinking about where you were what it was like and the marks that you're making on the surface and let the image sort of evolve over a, over the course of the painting and to work in a series you know have several several pieces on the go so you're not all kind of trying to pile everything into one one painting and then yeah. you can get this sort of um like we were saying earlier this this slightly more creative uh creative space going on in front of you and you're not you know i think if you spend the whole time thinking oh it's not done yet don't yeah. like it. <laughs> it's very negative isn't it it's like a very negative um feeling towards the the painting so I try and have a more positive experience. <laughs> so playful, you know, that kind of, uh, it's just it's willingness, willingness to be playful, willingness to fail. Yes. And, and willingness to experiment and just keep, keep experimenting and, you know, that, and just accept the fact that, you know, 90% of what you do is going to be terrible, but then 10% is going to be great. <laughs> you know, and then... I have this, and, and also accept that it doesn't get easier the more you do. You just <laughs> keep going. I know people will be listening going, oh, right. I thought in another oh, few geez. years it'd be easy. <laughs> well, it, yeah, you, what you can you can draw on the experience of knowing that if you keep banging on at it, you'll get there. I think so. It gets easier in that respect. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. It's it's excellent what you you just said about when you're thinking about trying to represent the experience or, or when you're thinking about what you're doing in the process versus when you're thinking about the end result. And I find it's a very, it's a slip that goes on in my brain frequently where I'll suddenly realize, Oh, you're trying to finish it. Instead mm. of, instead of being in it, I've got a few out of this series that have been going on. I'm, I think there's about 14 paintings and most of them are done and there's three or four that are just not getting there. And so then you can think they're almost there. I could just do a few things. I could finish <laughs> this and make it into something. And that's where it never, ever works. And what I find is if I've done that, I'll almost have to paint over the whole thing. I'll almost end up just going back and starting again. I don't gesso it. I just keep going, but it's all gone because I got so precious in that so you've got to watch yourself just slipping into that finisher mode when I, I find the best paintings or the ones I like the best are the ones where I just suddenly look and go, oh, that's good. Stop that. that I don't I don't get into, you know, uh, right. We're 95 percent of the way through time to just make some final tweaks and finish it off because that always pushes me in the wrong direction again. Yeah, it's a killer, isn't it? Getting into that that um fiddling i always think you know <clears throat> i'll call it my fiddling i've started fiddling i better stop yeah. <laughs> so it's either it's either time to you know it's either done already 
or like you say you've got to do something drastic with it because just yeah you're just fiddling around trying to finish it off it's, <laughs> a, it's never going to work and I think it goes back to what I was saying about the um uh, you know when I was when I'm working outside you know it's more it's that more willingness to leave things that are slightly rougher but maybe more um energetic phase when I'm working yeah. outside and trying to recreate that in the studio is quite hard that that uh, that casual you know you just throw some paint on and then you can just accept it because it's got that kind of somehow some sort of genuine um feel to it there's he's trying to find ways of you know getting that to be acceptable in the studio and i think that a lot of the time it's to do with working on a series like you know like you are you know you work on a whole series yeah. of them that you, then you can be you, know, you can just you know throw the paint around and you know and leave some and think well, actually you know do i do i like that i could just leave that it's quite good yeah but you have to be you got to be really critical you know you can't just, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you gotta be really critical of yourself and just like yeah um, yeah am i just is it good enough <laughs> is it good enough or is it you know i know it's you know energetic but is it is it good enough finished enough yeah it's a yeah it's a very fine line and you don't always know the answer but i've kind of feel like you know it when you see it yeah, and sometimes yeah. what I found helpful. Um, that's in the, this... Sorry, that's the question that people always ask me. How do you know when it's finished? I've just yeah. realised what it is. That's <laughs> yes, it <laughs> sorry, is, you, isn't you it? Carry on. I just wanted. Well, to say I was just going to say <laughs> on that on that topic. I took a few of mine because uh, I wasn't sure about a couple of them, and I brought them into the house and I put them around in a group in the kitchen, and it was obvious straight away. Oh no, that one's no, that one's not finished that one's not as good as the others so that's mm. another thing about a series that helps me is they all have to I feel like they all have to earn their place and be equals or at least as close to equal as possible and if one if I was putting them up in an exhibition somewhere it would be blatantly obvious as soon as I hung them on the wall that that one should never have left the studio so that's one of my ways of knowing when things are finished and the other, like I, for me, is that recognition of, oh, yes, I really, there's something really exciting there. I might leave it and come back in a week and decide, no, it's not good enough. But it was just exciting for that moment. But often that's it. What is it for you? What is that? How do you know when you're done? It's very similar, really, you know, having a series and, you know, just looking at them and just deciding you know which ones feel right and which ones maybe look like they could do with a bit more work but I'm, you know giving them a bit of time is very helpful sometimes as well because I think you know your work does change and evolve <clears throat> and um well mine does it, it's always you know going in slightly different directions and sometimes you'll do something and think oh, that's quite interesting but I don't know if it's really me you know is that really me and it, you know I'm not sure that really matters either but but it's the sort of thing that you worry about whether it, yeah. <laughs> whether you've done something which actually isn't isn't your sort of thing anymore um i don't know the more the older i get the less i care about that stuff actually and i'm just more uh you know willing to to um find new things it's funny you know you kind of think you get more entrenched as you get older but i, I feel like i'm getting more i just like yeah this, this is interesting and go for it you know and um but yeah, having, you know, having a, a bit of time sometimes, you know, doing things, doing things on the spur of the moment, chuck the paint down, have a really good play around with it. And then you can step back from it for a while and just, you know, and just leave it and see what you think in a week. I've um, talked to some artists. It does help a lot. 
I've talked to some artists who find it an insulting question. How do you know when it's finished? Because <laughs> they feel like it's just obvious. Because <laughs> I put all this work into it, and now it's finished. But I don't find it an insulting question at all. Because yeah. I think actually, another person might look at that and want to do more to it. They might say, "Oh no, I can see that if you just added this yep. over here, it would be much stronger." Everyone, there is no such. To get annoyed with that implies that there is a finished type of painting, which expert yeah, yeah, artists exactly. know and the rest of us don't. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work that way. It's, it's, yeah, how do I know? It's, I, I don't know when it's finished until it's finished. That's really the answer. You know, it's like, uh, I'll tell you what is an insulting question is if you ever work, do you ever work from landscape? <laughs> 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 which I have been asked before. Oh, that's classic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's I, I, think, I think I may have walked off at that. I think it was at a private view even I think I just uh, took my glass of wine my nose in the air and walked off I, I, <laughs> and talked to somebody sensible somebody had not obviously either looked at the paintings or read the description when they got there yeah, so that, what are you that, doing here um, but, that's uh, interesting yeah, yeah. You, you, we haven't talked about your gallery representation, but you were saying about moving into new areas. And when you were in galleries, and that's a, a part of how you show your work, does is that is that a hindrance to you just saying, well, I want to do something that's completely different now? Or do you not just it sounds like that doesn't bother you as much anymore? No, it it doesn't really bother me. Um I think some galleries I know uh, from talking to other people are more um, you know pushy about what they what will they accept from you but I think it's you know if you've got an artist who who's selling a particular type of work and it's always sells and every time they take them some work it sells and then they suddenly change their style to something else you can imagine the gallery being a bit oh I'm not sure if we're going to be able to sell those ones you know it's like, yeah but I think my work has always been a little changeable it's always been you know it doesn't it, even though I think it has a recognizable some sort of recognizable uh, fingerprints on it um, you know throughout my working life um, it does change quite a bit from show to show and I think I think the galleries that I show and kind of accept that I think as long as it doesn't go too crazy as long as I just don't go in and hand them a load of canvases which are all sort of painted black as <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going through my black phase at the moment, it's like, um, or yellow, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, yeah, as long as they're still recognisably me, I think it's okay. But um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, and I, I think that having um, a bit of experience behind you does help, because you know, I found that even though I've changed my work and I've pushed it and done different things with it over the years, I've always found enough people that like it to make me feel like it's okay. And I feel that if I, if I, cause I feel, always feel like I'm my worst critic. And I think as artists, you know, artists generally are their worst, most, you know, not worst critic, but their most harsh critic. Um, so I kind of feel that if I'm willing to put something up, like you were saying earlier, if, you know, if you're, if you think it's good enough, and interesting enough to go into the frame and be sent to the gallery then that's probably that's probably okay because yeah. I wouldn't do it otherwise you know if I looked at a piece of work of mine and thought well, that's not very good 
that I wouldn't, you know, it would never get to the gallery. It would never get to the gallery. Um, you know, I would never send something to a gallery that I thought wasn't very good. So I think it's probably, you know, that's probably enough. Yeah. Yeah. So if any of this is sounding exciting and you want to loosen up, you want to abstract from reality, I think Lewis's course sounds like it's going to be really good fun. Obviously, he's not done it before, so I haven't tried it, but um, it just sounds really good. And with such experience of teaching, how could it not be? So have a look at his website at lewisnoble.co.uk. And right there on the homepage, you can choose workshops to have a look and learn more. And I'm sure if you have any questions, you can send him an email and he will. And so when, do you, when does it close, Lewis? Uh, yeah, well, I'm not really sure yet. It's just keeping going at the moment. Um, there's still okay. places and it starts on the 5th of April. So Okay, uh, so you've got to be uh, signed up by yeah, April yeah, 5th. Definitely, yeah. Okay. But it'd probably be better to sign up if you're going to do it a bit before because there is a materials list and you might you know, want to... Uh, give yourself a bit of time to make sure you've got all the right equipment. I mean, it's pretty basic, but you, know, you might find that you're missing something. So uh, give yourselves a week <laughs> okay. to uh, think it's probably the best. This is our what's inspired section where we just talk about something we've either enjoyed or that's been inspirational this week so what do you have for us Lewis? Well I've actually I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back into the studio to do some some paintings I've been spending quite a lot of time filming and listening to my own voice which I'm a bit fed up with but um, so and I've got a, a group exhibition coming up so that'd be really nice to get back in the studio and do some work. And I have quite a lot of sketches and small paintings and collages and all this stuff that we've been talking about that I haven't had a chance to do anything with and push any further. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting getting into the studio and looking at looking at that work, going through it and making a few uh, finished finished pieces, studio well studio pieces based on based on those really um, because I haven't done that for a little while and it's quite quite exciting quite looking forward to that <laughs> it's, it's always nice when you've had a break from from it yeah yeah it's yeah. really cool to be able to go back and do it again although I do realize it's gonna I think it might take me a little while like, I think it's a momentum I build up a bit of a momentum when I'm working and uh, so I start off a bit slow and then it gets gets going so yeah. Uh, yeah I'm looking I'm looking forward to throwing myself at it and really getting some new stuff done and uh, you know new it's kind of new year still for me I haven't really done much painting this year. So um, I like to, you know, I was trying to push it in a slightly different direction at the beginning of the year. So oh, so be exciting <laughs> this is it. to see what's coming. This is it, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be like yet. So. <laughs> nice, I hope. Yeah, of course it will be nice. It'll be fantastic, <laughs> as always. Um, for me, this week, I just well actually today I had a, something else to talk about and I changed my mind because this morning I got up and the sun's out and I went for a walk and like you right outside my door I'm so lucky I'm so lucky in this lockdown I, I I'm so grateful mm. that I can just walk out the door and there's beauty all around and I walk down the lane and there's tiniest little lambs which have just been born like either yesterday or this morning that they, they can't stand up yet they're wobbling around there's buds on the trees, there's daffodils coming out. 
And it's such a cliche to say, oh, spring feels great, but yeah. <laughs> it does anyway. I mean, it always does. And it never gets old for me here, how beautiful it is. But this year in particular, it feels like maybe it's false hope. You know, maybe we're all going to be dashed back down again. <laughs> no, later no, no, this it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> I've had my vaccine. I'll be fine. <laughs> I know. Have you had yours? I've had yeah, I just had it the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... But I think it was that I was like, I'm, I've got mm. my vaccine in another week. I'll be feel I'll be immune, supposedly. And the sun's out and the sheep are little, and it's just gorgeous. <laughs> and it feels really hopeful for the year. Today. Yeah, I mean, I was doing um, I was doing a bit of bit of painting last week. And these were the ones I was talking about starting. And I was looking at some of the sketches that I'd, I'd done. And well, there was not the sketches, but I was looking at the paintings, paintings that I'd started. But like you say, the sun was coming through the window and I thought, hang on, these paintings are a bit grey and wintry. <laughs> so I just started to change them. I think I actually did a YouTube video on it, but I was like, I was just, I just started to change them and just put more spring-like colours in there. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't help it, can you? It's like my favourite time to go out painting. So it'd be really nice. Once we're allowed out, we'll be allowed out next week. Is it next week and, that we're allowed yeah, out well, isn't officially? Yeah, yeah, from the from Monday, from the 29th, you can actually you don't have to stay at home anymore. Oh. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to get out and do some painting outside. I hadn't have thought you... of that until just now, but maybe that's that's what's inspiring this. We're that's... getting outside and doing some painting. <laughs> that is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lewis. I've really enjoyed this conversation. As always, talking to you is a joy. And I think this has answered lots of questions for people who um, that we couldn't answer on abstracting from reality. So we really appreciate you being here. Thank you. That's all right. You're very welcome. It's been nice to speak to you again. As always, if you would be willing to pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, and five stars, of course, that would be amazing because that helps us. We have seen ourselves going up in the rankings, which is very exciting. Alice and I message each other like, oh, we're number three in Britain and we're number five in America or whatever. So um, if you could leave us a review and a rating, that really helps with those rankings. And otherwise, pop over to YouTube, have a look at Lewis's channel. And you can also find him on Instagram at where are you on Instagram, Lewis? It's Lewis Noble underscore artist. And that's it from us. We will, Alice and I will be back next week as normal. Have a great week. See you, everybody. Bye. Bye. I got this message on YouTube last week saying, you're going to be a, a creator of the week or something. It didn't actually mean anything. It sounded very exciting. And they, they were going to boost me on this page. And... And it didn't really bring any extra subscribers. All it did yeah. is bring some bring some mean comments from people who <laughs> oh thanks. But you do you can get some very odd people. It's somebody I did I did a thing about I did a video on horizons about you know we were talking about horizons. I did a video on it. And uh, I was talking about how I deal with it. Did a whole load of painting and that. And one of the comments was just, that's bollocks. <laughs> There's definitely a horizon. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, brilliant. And he said, he goes, if you're out at sea, there's definitely a horizon. And oh. I did actually write back to him because it was quite a while ago. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, next time you're in a boat, you jump in and swim towards the horizon. And when you get there, let me know. <laughs>
I think I deleted it quite quickly because I thought it was just too sarky and I just thought, ugh, can't be bothered. Oh, it's just... So no, I just, I just ignore them now. I just, I just delete them. People are weird.